Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another Scale Riders podcast episode. We are at number 182. I am your host, 65 Lokes, covering model car culture from around the world. Very excited for this episode because we have our guest, Maddie, that's all the way in Dubai. Uh, he goes by Maddie's Custom Scale on Instagram. Many of you guys know his work. I mean, dude's been killing it with the models. He also does one-on-one scale stuff as well. And you're in for a treat. He's like so dope at 3D printing as well, busting out with all these like cool designs and things that we want to get right into. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Hey, what's up, Maddie? How you doing? I'm good, man. How are you? Thanks for having me. Yeah, dude. Welcome to the podcast. I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. Um, just excited, you know. Um, you know, for the listeners out there, what time is it uh, for you right now? It's uh, seven fifty in the morning. So just wow. before I. You know, the trip. Yeah. And over here, it, it's about to be 9 p.m., you know, uh, West Coast time. So you're you're ahead. You're in the future. Right? I'm in the future. And yeah, I've got my future. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Right on, dude. No, man. I mean, uh, thankful, you know, and blessed for you, like, taking the time for doing this as well, you know, um, especially in the early morning. You know, I, I see that, you know, there's a lot of stuff I want to cover on this episode because it's not just... 124 scale, 125 scale stuff, but you also do, you have 101 scale cars as yeah. well that you work on, you know? And um, I mean, there's also 3D printing that you've been like, just like blowing us away every time you're like uploading and showing us like different designs. So that's pretty cool, man. And, um, you know, w- would you say having that 101 scale background has helped a lot? to enhance, you know, doing the 124, 125th scale models? Yeah, I think um, I think it does, right? Because there are a few things. So it takes a while to build a big car. And sometimes you've got like 20 ideas. You can't build 20 cars. So you can go in and get a few ideas off your chest with the small stuff. Um, and then knowing how kind of the car works and how things go together, uh, I think helps when you start to try and add detail because you know specifically right how to scratch build and obviously scratch building before and then 3d printing uh later so it's it becomes easier but it's a bottomless pit as well right because you'll just get yourself into a scratch building hole and more detail more detail (laughs) but uh yeah it's good no yeah you're right i mean i I can only imagine you know when i started uh you know building like the one 124th going 25th and like getting into it there was like friends I noticed that were like highly adding all this detail and all these things. And they were telling me like what they were going to do. And I was always like, man, I, I don't even know what I'm going to do with my car, you know, but I, but I was so fascinated by all this information that they had. And then some of them told me like, oh yeah, you know, I'm, I'm a mechanic by trade or I just grew up around cars all the time. So I already know kind of like what, what to put into it or that doesn't belong there kind of thing. Yeah. So I, I always looked at that. I was like, man, that's like definitely an advantage, like having that. But then again, you know, you could get carried away as well. And and it yeah, just, big time. it could get, it could get crazy. So, you know, out in, out in, tell us about Dubai. Like um, how long, how long have you been out there? You know? Yeah. I've been here about, it's almost 15 years now. Uh, oh. So I came over here for work. Mm-hmm. Um uh, and I was only meant to be here for about two years. And then, I don't know, work went well, the world changed, lots of things happened, and uh, I'm still here. Um, yeah. 
it's a different sort of place, right? So, um, uh, obviously, you get the photos of the glitz and the glamour side, and that's definitely there. But, um, you know, it's still a desert, so it's sandy and hot and humid. And, mm -hmm. you know, you're living in, the, in a desert, right? And I know parts of the US, you've got kind of, you know, similar places. Um, uh, we, we have like a, I guess, a six-month summer. Um, and the peak of the summer, we're just coming out of the peak. It can get to about 100% humidity. And then um, the, the temps will hit about max, max of about 60 degrees centigrade. So, well, my Fahrenheit numbers aren't great, but, but that's pretty hot in any language. Yeah. Yeah. Man. So, like, they, you know, that kind of probably helps from you just, you know, instead of being outside, you're like, I'm going to be indoors, work on some models. So, this way, the, the weather doesn't yeah. interfere. Yeah, but I'm kind of not smart enough to still not go out and work on the big cars when uh, <laughs> when it's hot. So I'm still out there, man. It's yeah, part of active. my cardio. <laughs> yeah. And um, how's your schedule, dude? Like, how do you do it? You know, what's kind of like a typical day for you when it comes to, you know, the one-to-one -one scale, family, and also, you know, building models? Yeah. Look, I think, um, so I get asked a lot, how do I fit everything in? Um, and um, I think everything's a little bit opportunistic, right? So obviously work's pretty demanding. Um, so sometimes that will be like a 14-hour day, 15-hour day. Uh, and other days, you know, there's gaps in between. So the bench is kind of next to my home office because we're all working from home these days. So if a call finishes 15 minutes early, I might get the iPad out and do some 3D design work for 15 minutes or put a coat of primer on something. Um, so, so I'll squeeze things in that way. Family time, obviously, I try and squeeze it in, you know, here and there uh, as much as possible. My son races go-karts, so we're at the track with him, you know, two, three times a week or like three hours each time. Um, but then he kind of enjoys building models sometimes as well. So he's, he'll either build a car or switch to a Gundam. He's building one of those perfect grades at the moment. Nice. Um, and then, um, you know, with the one-to-one -one cars, you know, he likes coming and helping on some of the, the the builds. One of the cars I'm building, I'm only allowed to work on when he's with me, right? Which is a '64 <laughs> uh, two-door Galaxy. So, so that's our build together, right? But sometimes he'll say, "Can I sand something? Or can I polish something? Or can you help me assemble? You know, can I help you assemble something?" So he he likes to get involved. Yeah. Oh man, that's awesome, dude. I, I like hearing that. I like that. You know, he's participating but he he's seeing what you're doing you know he's being influenced a lot and he's just that that love for cars is growing and and that's cool that he's also doing the gundams too yeah yeah i, I think it's i think early on um i kind of realized that i didn't have to have my time doing my stuff and then separated you know time with the family there was i could do kind of some things both and overlap and i think that's that that's pretty cool because Hmm. He gets to spend time with dad, which, you know, we all want to spend time with our dads when we're young. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he's learned some skills, how to be patient and how to, you know, why doesn't this model fit properly? Yeah, man. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to the hobby. Right. <laughs> nice. That's the introduction right there. And uh, yeah. so behind you right there, I could see your, your you know, your bench. Uh, what's kind of, uh, uh, 
what's back there, you know, like describe to us kind of like the layout. What what do you like to have in front of you uh, when you're working right. on there? I'm one of those chaos builders, right? So you got the people who are kind of disciplined and they have one build and they'll go in deep and nice clean area. And then I'm at the other end of the scale, right? So I'm like 10 builds at once, lots of stuff there. So um, typically what I like to have is ideas around me, right? So I'll usually have um, a few of a few of my engines, kind of the 3D printed engines. I'll have them sitting there, and I'll, you know, I'll get inspired. All right, today I think that engine should go in this build, and and I'll kind of play around with it. Um, and then when I think I've got ideas close, I'll get on the 3D design and um, uh, redesign some of the parts of that engine so they kind of fit perfect. So the headers or let's say, the intercooler piping and, and stuff like that, um, so that it's a bit more unique. Um, but I think what's key is uh, I've got a few things on the go, so I'm trying to wrap up this hot rod. I don't know if you would have seen it on um, uh, on my post. You know, I, I designed this from scratch. It's all 3D printed mm-hmm. just from, like, some ideas and inspiration oh. we've had. Um, um, and then um, the big kind of pro touring uh, truck, that's the whole 3D printed and designed um, uh, chassis and interior and suspension and stuff like that. So, and then I've realized like the few last couple of years that, you know, I need to have like a low rider paint job going. Um, so I've always have like a, a fancy kind of paint job handy. Sometimes I just feel like getting the airbrush out and adding to it. Um, and then the same with dioramas, right? So sometimes you just want to make something look crappy, right? So you get the rust paints out and, and do stuff like that, right? So you take some chips out. and um, I think brand-wise, I probably stick to the same sort of brands. Um, I mean, to get stuff into Dubai, it's like whatever. The difference between a $5 paint and a $10 paint is kind of irrelevant when you're shipping everything over for like 50 bucks, right? Mm-hmm. So I'll usually pick a brand, stick to it, buy a bunch of things. Um, and I think for the, the kind of the base colors, um, uh, the scale model supply in Australia, I think, you know, I've been with them for a few years and, you know, they probably got the the best pigments that, that I've come across um, for kind of your pearls and your candies and, and flakes. Tropical Blitz is is probably right up there. Um, and then the Weathering Ammo um, Ammo Meat, you know, they, they seem to be the best, um, most comfortable for me. And then glues, I use Icky Sticky out of Australia. So sometimes kind of when that stuff's sitting in front of you as well and I don't have it on display to be pretty, but sometimes you'll be there and you'll you'll catch a color with your eye, and that will inspire part of the build. You know that next step, right? Um, so, so if it's kind of all around you, it helps those those creative sort of juices going, right? Yeah, that's interesting um, because yeah, for the most part, it's like even like my desk, like I on the bench, I only have uh, mostly tools, and everything's kind of tucked away and. You know, you're right. Like I, I could visualize like if I had colors laid out, let's say if I had like my splash colors kind of laid out, 
or, or even my favorite colors, um, it, it could spark some inspiration uh, for to be like, all right, that color is going to fit this build right here, you know? And um, yeah, I love uh, Tropical Calypso's Flakes, you know? I, I still remember back then um, just using their stuff and just seeing from where they've gone to now, you know? They've uh, definitely taken off and there, there's been like a lot of, you know, one-on-one uh, -on -one scale cars with uh, their paints, the pearls, yeah. the flakes. So it's, it's super, super cool. I really like um, in the back how you have your setup of each car, like those little boxes. Um, that's really neat. And everything's just kind of laid out. So this way you could just lift it, put it away, get the, the next one. It's very, very organized. I like that. Yeah, I, I can't take credit for that. So um, I, I stole that idea off um, a guy in Australia, one of the builders in Australia called Bryce. Um, uh, he does some pretty cool custom uh, old school vintage builds. Um, and uh, just on one of his posts, I saw him have like um, a piece of like foam board cut into a, a rectangle and it was sitting on top of like a clear container. And he had the parts in the clear container and just the footprint of the car as the, the, the foam board on top. And I thought, man, that's like such a better way to do it. Um, and then that way you keep your kit boxes underneath. And like you would have seen, um, I 3D print and scratch build so much of my builds that I end up with 90% of the kit is um, is still in the box for future <laughs> use. <laughs> yeah, that's a trip, man. It Man, it, it's crazy because uh, that truck you had shown earlier, you know, you've been going wild with that one. Like the seats, the engine, everything that, that you're like 3D printing. So, you know, now it's like, it's like you're at that level where, you know, you, you could buy a kit, but you might, you know, you, you use maybe 10% of the kit and the rest is just 3D printed. That you're yeah. Doing. That's a trip. Yeah, I am trying to. So, so the big thing with that truck is I'll get the. Uh, I'll get the cab out. Um, you know, I, there, there came a point where um, I could have just 3D printed the whole thing, right? So I 3D printed the back fenders, all brand new. I kind of, I took a photo of that body line profile and replicated it in 3D and, and then did whatever I want with it. But when it came to the cab, um, I didn't want to just keep building the, um, you know, just, just 3D print everything. So I kind of did the kit, put it on there and like the wide body kit and then just merged it in. I still wanted to do that scratch building side of it, right? So, um, yeah, I think this is kind of the builder in me still wants to scratch builds. But, yeah, I mean, it is kind of the limit is your ideas and your printer size. So I've still got like a small basic printer. People will laugh at printer that I still use. Um, I can't build, I can't print bodies on it, but uh, I don't know. One day I'll upgrade it. Yeah, I mean, I feel like you're getting a lot of good use uh, for what you have. You know, I mean, you're you're coming out with a lot of stuff. And as far as like your 3D, you know, design and background, um, is this have have you already known about these software? Or is this just kind of something you've been learning uh, recently? Yeah, I'll be honest, man. During lockdown a couple of years ago. Um, uh, probably not just me, a few of us were wondering, are we going to go back to the same job or do we have to kind of work out a plan B? 
So I was just sitting there and uh, I got my iPad out and uh, that was my plan B. So I taught myself how to, to, to 3D design. Um, the, the tool that I use is called Shaper 3D. Um, and it's pretty, it's pretty intuitive. So someone who's never done 3D design, I could go in with my iPad and play around and, and pick it up. Um, and they've been good. They kind of, they upgrade the functionality you know, pretty frequently, so you've always got a new tool to kind of use. Um, but I've never had any design experience before that, right? Man, that's crazy, dude. Because, like, I don't know, I, like, just from seeing what you're doing, I just feel like you've probably been doing it for years or something, but it looks it looks dope. And, I mean, it, it's just something, if you think about it, it just got introduced, like, I was thinking probably, like, 2018, 19 or something, where I remember there was, like, a couple people that were printing some stuff, designing things, like the wire wheels. And then, yeah. and then after that, it just, I just feel like, you know, like 2020 and going forward, it's just been going up. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's fun to, it feels like it's digital scratch building, to be honest, right? It's the same sort of approach, but I guess you got to, you might think it's easy to do with your, you know, on, on an iPad. Um, but it can often be harder um, because, you know, you just want like that, that curve to be like that, right? But to actually get the tools and the software to do the curve the, the right way takes like some, some trial and error. But once you've got something, um, you can add like a bunch of detail to it that you can't get with scratch building or it's very hard. But then it's like, replicatable right so i do mm. the right side of something i stick it in the um the printer software and i can mirror it and get the other side right i can print 10 of them if, if i want like i just need some air for one of my um for a green mustang build took the time did a nice air cleaner and then printed 20 of them so i think that's like the um um that's the big big benefit you can just keep printing more but the process itself can be it can be pretty time-consuming. People might be surprised how long it takes to do something that might seem quite simple. And maybe it's because I'm just not as fast as what other designers are. But, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, for me, that uh, takes a bit of work. Yeah. So, like, let's say you, you buy a, a model kit and you open it up and you have the, you know, like, the uh, the engine bay. And you're like, all right, I don't want to use the, the stock engine or anything. I kind of want to just cut everything out and recreate my own engine bay and everything custom. Do you have to like take a, like scan that engine bay to kind of get the size of what's going to fit in there? Or is it just kind of like guessing? No. Um, so it's, um, it's probably pretty old school. So I know some guys use scanners, um, even for the, the, the wide body kits that they do. Um, I use the old calipers. <laughs> nice. So I'll get the kit in front of me, I'll measure it out and then, I'll draw whatever the basic shape as a footprint um, in the tool um, and then get the heights of things. And then uh, it's a little bit of trial and error. And, and the way I design has a little bit of buffer as well, right? So sometimes I'll design and print something for one of my builds um, and I'll, I'll know that I'll stick it in my store and make it available to people. And so let's say an RX-7 that I'm building right now, um, kits kind of vary, you know, they walk, they kind of 
have molding issues, whatever. So, and then people's printers, you know, they might have great ones, they might have average ones like me. So I, I just I try and design my parts to be have a little bit of leeway, a little bit of flex, um, so that you can kind of body work it to 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 the final product, and that that's kind of how I build mine as well. Wow, that's cool. And like your your process, like after you print your pieces, uh, do you do you have to like wash them, primer them, you know, like kind of, or you know, sand them, primer them? It's kind of the same, like as as just working with styrene. Yeah, it is. So I think um, so. Yeah, wash them, and uh, I've got like a toothbrush that I'll kind of um, do do like a detailed wash on, um, and then cure it. Um, I'm I usually separate from the supports before I cure it. Um, it's just part of my cleaning process. Um, uh, that's kind of just a personal choice. I know some people do it differently. But then um, um, the bodywork process can be, you know, a little bit tougher than, um, than, than styrene. So I think the first thing is you've got to kind of make sure you're sanding it wet because the dust from the, the resin is quite, you know, quite bad for you. So you kind of you're dipping it in a bucket of water. I've usually got a um, sky flakes biscuits tub filled with water, and I'll be dipping it in there, sand it, dip it, sand it, so that all the dust kind of settles in the in the water. Mm-hmm. And then when um, when I think it looks great, I'll primer it and then see how great it's not, and then it's just like repeating the process, yeah. filler and glazing and, and stuff like that. So. Um, uh, I think the other part that kind of catches you out is you might think you've done a really good job with the bodywork on the printed part, and then you put it on the the build and realize it's kind of warped or you know there's like a the end piece is kind of missing, and then you've got to go back and and print it all again. So uh, I think that's the problem with all the one-off designs. Oh man, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, what, what do you do with those? Do you just kind of toss them, or do you kind of keep them? The one-off designs that just are kind of warpy, and you know, they didn't make. I, it um, I, I hate. Um, I hate throwing things out. I hate mm-hmm. being wasted. So, um, uh, so I just I don't know if you remember, but I just did the. Um, I just did that. Uh, that that bike, and when I printed Dude. the. Uh, that's when cool. I when I printed the bike, the, the the print had holes through it, and it was a mess, right? So I ended up spending like a few days, kind of, um, with some resin, and maybe I'll I'll mention what that means, uh, and some styrene, um, uh, rods, and just filling it in and and making it work, right? So I try to throw away as little as I can because number one, it's not great for the environment. Number two. It's close enough, and if we're all scratch building, just use your scratch building skills to make it work. Um, but um, but but one of the techniques that I use to correct the 3D parts, I actually sometimes use with um, just styrene as well, which is, you know, the resin is UV reactive, so um, you can use it as a filler. So if you've got a really thick or deep uh, gap, Put a little bit of resin on it with like a, the end of a paper clip, let's say. Dip it in the resin, put it on the spot, and then hold it under the UV light, and it cures as like a. Um, it's hard, right, and sandable, so it can help. Sometimes you try and do that with filler, and it, it as it dries, it sinks, and 
Um, you've got to do it like 10 times and then you put your first coat of paint on and then it sinks and contracts even more. So sometimes that resin is a good option for filler or even kind of binding things together. Man, that's dope. It's um, it's cool. I mean, I, I like that you're being thoughtful about the environment, you know, and like just tossing something out. You could just, like you said, you could you recreate it. That's when the scratch building skills are going to come in and you could just, you know, you'll find a way to like fix it. And I'm pretty sure, you know, that goes hand in hand when you're working on a one-on-one skill car, you know, you run into a problem or something, you already know, like, all right, like you're confident enough to find a solution for it. Yeah. 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 It's easy to just rebuy, repop stuff. Right. But, um, there's a, feels good to, to make something that didn't work, work. So yeah, yeah you're right. Spot on. And um, as far as like that that bike that you were showing us, um, what, what's like the the history behind that, like the the design and all that? Because it's it's very it's a very interesting bike. Yeah. So um, uh, I don't know if you can see. So it hinges as well, right? So literally, just kind of on social media, there, there's a guy who who made this bike in one to one, and uh, and I've tagged him in, in the post, and you know we had a quick chat. But it just looks so cool and unique. Um, I thought, hang on, let me let me give that a shot. So um, uh, sat on the, the design and kind of I got the basic shape pretty quick, and then it took me a few kind of rounds of design work to see how can I actually get a hinge that's um, easy to do and actually it's just like a, a ball and cup sort of a, a design. So it works before paint, after paint. Hinge is pretty easy. It's pretty basic. Um, yeah, so. Wow, that's dope, man. I really like that bike because, you know, I, I saw that and I was like, what? Like, that's very interesting. I've never seen a, a quite a, a style like that of a bike. It looks very unique. Yeah, um, I'm just picking up the, so Hen USA built the bike. So H-E-N-N-E. USA is the is the Instagram tag, and I really just saw it on social media. And one of the things that I was telling um, uh, Joel that I was going to try and do is, you know, take one of the reels that the designer, the original builder, did, mm-hmm. and do kind of like a, a remix next to it, doing the exact same thing <laughs> with my hand instead of the guy riding. Yeah, and, you know, I thought it'd be cool. Man, that's so yeah, man. I mean, it, it looks tight, and those are available. Are they still available through Joel? Yeah, correct. Yeah, so so icebandcollections.com. Ice right on, dude. That's yeah, cool. and he's um he's been a big supporter of kind of what I've been trying to uh do with my 3D design work. So, um, I really wanted to, I guess, um, I, I was getting a little bit, I wouldn't say frustrated. But disappointed because there was a lot of quality that was coming onto the market at premium price, and I didn't think the detail was as good as it should be. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what what lit that fire to to do a lot more design work and and make my designs available on Colts, right? So so people are going to spend their money on on modeling, um, at least have something that's it fits, it goes together well. Um, it's a level of detail that's you know, you can only get with 3D printing, right? So, um, and Joel's been, you know, super supportive of, you know, taking a lot of those quality parts and 
um, making them available um, in his store because not everyone has a printer, right? Yeah. So, uh, so, so that's a big unlock, and and it's great, right? I see, you know, he tags me in stuff that he's tagged in, where people are using my parts, and you know, some of the the YouTube reviews, you know, that excitement of someone kind of getting one of these printed engines mm. and realizing like, wow, this is like really great. I've got to kind of step up the rest of my build to match the detail of it. I mean, that's how the, the, the hobby starts to kind of yeah. really move, right? Um, uh, and he's been a great supporter of, you know, my work. So, um, uh, and, you know, support of the hobby, making that stuff available, right? Yeah, yeah. No, it's cool. Yeah, because... I mean, with, uh, you know, with model building, like back then, you know, you buy a, you buy the kit and that's pretty much all you have to work with is what, what's on the kit. People are building in box stock, but then eventually people start getting creative, pushing the envelope. All right, I'm going to incorporate this scratch built that, or somebody comes out with introduces a resin body and little by little, you know, as all these years have gone by, we're already at the point now where, you know, you guys are designing the specific things that we want or even something that we didn't even think about, but you're making it available, that is like things that are being thought out of the box. I go, wow, like I, I can see putting that in the car. And it's and it's at the scale and like what you want, which makes it like super cool because, you know, sometimes we buy aftermarket products like wheels from other companies and, you know, they're done very professionally and everything, but a lot of times it's not really the scale or the style. Mm -hmm you know that that you want to go with what's currently like um you know popular or whatever and i mean the the good thing with the 3d stuff is that you could design and recreate especially like if there's like some new wheels that are that just hit the market and you want to yeah. create those wheels to come out with the model it's possible and the size of the wheel that you want specifically for your car correct yeah even that i mean i, I did that with that um that chevy 632 crate motor that came out i think in about a week of seeing some of the photos i had like a draft uh motor available right so you know someone's seeing it in the headlines on the one-to-one -one scene and then oh well hang on now i've got it available in 124 <laughs> uh so that's really cool so even when i was building i did a bomb uh a bomb build recently um on, on a chevy and um you can't find a lot of bomb parts available, right? So, mm -hmm. so that kind of old school accessories, period correct accessories, you know, the over accessorizing of of the cars, and um, because I'm building that bomb, so one of the the the, the one to one builds I'm doing is a is a 1948 Ford F1 pickup mm -hmm. in a bomb style. So as I'm buying all these bomb accessories, my um, like, hand, let me just like. Uh, design and print like a a bomb part for for that build, and then all of a sudden I had like this set with luggage and uh, luggage racks and, and stuff like that, and even um uh, I bought a passing eye. I don't know if you know what a passing eye accessory mirror is, um, but like they're they're, they're pretty unique and, and tricky to get. So I bought mm -hmm. a one to one for my truck. My hand, let let me sit and um design one for for the bomb as well so now i've got like this bomb with curb feelers and um you know the guard indicators and stuff like that uh the the exhaust kind of turn down covers with the, with the gem in it and it's just like that 
that that cool freedom to you know see something cool and be able to make it in in a smaller scale quick right yeah that's the- man that's a trip and as far as like when you when you print it um are you you know do you like set it for print and hang around and just wait for it because i know it takes a while or do you just kind of move on and do other stuff and then come back and check on the parts yeah so like i said i've got this old printer so um so it's slow um and then i've got the settings pretty kind of um detailed so um so that i can still get the detail come in the print that i've designed um so so it takes a while so basic prints take like five hours so i like stick it on and walk away if it's a little bit tall not even very tall it could be like a an eight nine hour print um but yeah it's uh it might be time to upgrade so i'll, I'll um it's in the corner there um mm-hmm. so i'll try and not be in this room when it's printing i'll have the window open just because of the smell yeah um but i'll usually kind of set it up to run overnight and then come and check it in the morning yeah oh that makes sense right there just le- leaving it that way when you wake up you're like all right cool it's done christmas <laughs> <laughs> it's all set but what about when you get those prints that don't come out too well are you like damn i gotta do this again yeah or man okay I, with it yeah yeah i'm like all right it, can i can i save it is it salvageable <laughs> um and, and i don't know i do it often to myself man i'm like damn halfway through kind of trying to fix it you're like why don't i just print another man no no, no just keep sanding shut up and keep sanding <laughs> yeah so, right, right on and um you know i think this would be a good time for you for you to tell us about your modeling history like when did you get started with model building when you know i want to know when you got started and you know how were you introduced to it yeah okay um so first modeling experience i would have been about i think nine um for my birthday my auntie got me a um a days of thunder the mellow yellow um nascar right and you know the little rebel paints the the paintings so that was the first model um i remember getting but obviously years before that i had a lot of lego so the whole building was um well, it was part of my journey um and that nascar turned out like a, a mess man that was like it was horrible there was no there was no good about it and one day i'll go back and and build one but that was the first one um and then that was kind of i've had one built it it got thrown away and that was it and then years later maybe when i was about 15 I got for my birthday again one of those one twelve scale um, Corvettes, those three three in one sort of version builds, and I built that, and you know it was in final paint, and I had it drying on the garage floor, and my dad came home from work and drove over it, um, and then uh, I think we got a I got a fifty seven Chev as like a, a sorry present, and then that was it, like kind of came and went, came and went. And then I guess in my adult life, um, I was probably walking through a, um, you know, store. We don't have Hobby Lobby, but, you know, let's say um, a similar sort of store had other things and it had like some, some kits to one side. And I thought, all right, let me give it a try. It's been, it's been years. Um, and then it kind of reignited, right? And um, I tried to 
I think I've got two or three models under my belt. And then I started looking for Facebook groups that, that have the common interest um, and came across one in, in Australia, right? So the first place I looked was, right, are there any other Australians who are, who are building it? Um, and, um, and joined that group and, you know, met a couple of good guys through, um, through that. And, you know, we kind of talk and joke about models almost every day, right? Um, even though I'm on the other side of the world. So that part's great. Um, I ended up taking over that Facebook group. Uh, so that custom scale AU, I've got the Instagram account and I've got the Facebook page. And that's, you know, now kind of what I try to do is, uh, promote Australian builders on a, on the Instagram platform um, as much as possible because I think there are really good builds out there in Australia, but you know not many people know about them or not many are on you know all the social media channels. So so I try and uh, showcase some of the, the the great Australian builders there, and really just being part of that group. You know I was still spraying with um, rattle cans and. Um, doing some basic stuff and all of a sudden I'm seeing, you know, works in progress of stuff that, you know, I, I wouldn't even think of, right? You know, how, how'd you do, how'd you do that? And how, when you say you scratch build with styrene sheet, what does that mean? Right. This was all new to me. So that was a big part of helping me understand how can I get my customizing ideas into a scale model, right? Um, and there's a couple of, you know, key people, Grub Grubby's Chop Shop and uh, Maury's Customs, you know, um, Twisted Scale and Chew. So these guys, like, help to kind of take me from someone who builds models to someone who customizes models, right? And then the journey kind of took off. So that's that's kind of the experience. And then with the whole Instagram exposure, I probably missed the big YouTube exposure. But I got into Instagram and, man, like, that that's an eye-opener to be able to see. Because Facebook, if you're not part of the group, you don't see it. But Instagram, it's kind of a lot more open. You can see anyone's stuff as long as their profile is visible. And the inspiration that you can get, right, so seeing what some people do. And, you know, there's some cool stuff and there's some next-level stuff, right? Um, and it's all inspiration. It all helps to fuel the the ideas generator. It's a trip um, with, uh, let me see, can you hear me right now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, sorry, sorry. It's because I was playing with, the, I was trying to, I muted myself just because I don't, you know, want to talk over you as you're speaking. Because I know the camera kind of flips when that happens. But um, yeah, it, it's a trip, you know, going back to what you were saying about the groups, because I know, uh, you know, I kind of missed that window of like Facebook groups back then when I was getting into it. But then um, I did partake a little bit on YouTube, just getting, you know, inspirations from that. And but a lot a lot of the uh, the channels when I was discovering them or being a part of it almost seemed like that the community, like a lot of uh, builders were kind of going away because they would do updates and be like, oh, you know, I'm sorry I've been gone for so long. And and then there was a bit of a decline for a while on videos. So I needed to see like what what's out there, like what's the next thing or, or what's or where's everyone at? So then, you know, Instagram, I started to see more people on there. And then once the hashtags thing popped up, 
I was like, whoa. And then everything started coming in. And once I met like a lot of the guys out here in Southern California, I was like, all right, cool. Like now I'm starting to see this community here locally, but online it's more like globally, you know, like everybody is like spread out. And I just feel like every, um, every month there's new accounts and probably every, every day or something, you know, more modelers uh, coming back into it. And I mean, we're all, we're all pretty connected like to each other. You know, we, we all share a, a very, you know, similar uh, love and interest, which, which are the cars and we appreciate like the builds. And I mean, dude, you're making a lot of noise, man. Like a lot of the stuff you're doing is dope. And I think it's cool too. What you're doing too is like showcasing and representing, you know, uh, modelers from Australia. Like you said, some people that, you know, they're, the work is dope, but they're probably just not on the platforms at all. And, you know, I respect some people don't want to be on them too. You know, some people don't, they don't have the time or they're just really not interested, but it's kind of cool if someone else can like share that, you know, from them, because I, I know for sure a lot of people would appreciate to see that stuff. Yeah, for sure. Sure. And I, I think like, um, yeah, you know, I was saying this kind of in, in, in chat with someone else, you know, like life is, life's tough, man. You know, there, there's, mm-hmm. we're under pressure these days, everyone. Yeah. And just to be able to have a hobby like this and be able to easily connect with the community and, you know, just take your mind away from, you know, the real life stuff and, mm-hmm. uh, and, and talk about a build idea or, you know, be inspired is also a pleasure and, to see something nice is also a pleasure and have something create an idea or someone like your work, you know, that that's a pleasure. And I think this is probably where the big resurgence in the hobby is probably coming in, right? <clears throat> things like, you know, 3D printing is, is changing things and, you know, resellers uh, are changing things. But I think there's a lot of people who need that, um, that satisfaction, that connection with a community. Um, to help kind of lift spirits up and give some confidence and yeah right feel energized and recharged and relaxed now I can go back to like whatever I'm dealing with outside yeah now you're right because um I, I always think about it um you know I think about like my parents and other you know my family members I always think like you know I, I feel like my grandparents or parents all they did was like work and like they worked hard they felt this pressure of providing and that's it so they really didn't have like hobbies, you know, as a kid or it was more of a survival kind of thing. And then once they, you know, like they had like us, like we were born like this generation, you know, you know, whether you're born in the 70s, 80s, it was more like, all right, now the, these kids are going to have more of an opportunity because we've already kind of suffered and we went through all this stuff. So now let's give these kids the tools, you know, let, let, let's help them out. And, you know. Like now, you know, uh, you know, like we're fathers, like I have a two-year-old, you know, how old is your son? I've got an, an almost nine and a four. Okay. You see, like they're still small, you know, like, and, and it's like now, now it's our turn. We have that pressure of yeah. providing and making sure, you know, they have the tools that they need, everything, right? We, we want them to be confident and to succeed in this life. But the thing that we also have is that we're lucky enough to also have a hobby to help us kind of kind of like uh, unwind, you know, because every everybody 
is going through something, you know, everybody has like a, a pressure either with work, a pressure even with finances, um, uh, maybe even a, a loss, like in a family, you know, families, like so many various things, so many factors. But when it comes to the building part, that's kind of something that helps us like kind of unwind and our alone time to cope with whatever, you know, to kind of get away from everything. So, I mean, it, it's kind of cool that we're able to uh, to be able to do that, you know. And at the same time, too, I, I feel like even like our kids are going to see that what we're doing. And as they get older, you know, they're going to know like, all right, it's not just all about working. Like You do have to work, but you also have to have time for yourself, you know whether it's a hobby or maybe you're into traveling or, you know, into, into different various things. But um, it, it's just a trip, man. Like, um, you know, that, that's why I, I'm always like when I do the podcast, you know, I always like to somewhat bring, bring up like I hope you guys are doing well and everything, you know, because it's 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 hard, man. But I know that for sure, you know, everyone being online, like showing the love and, and inspiring people it's definitely a motivator, you know, that, um, I mean, I look forward to every day when I wake up and I look at my phone and I see what all you guys are doing. And I'm like, damn, like there's always something new that someone's posting, you know, yeah. that's, that's yeah. always the, the, the fascinating thing. And, you know, out where you're at is it, are there hobby stores? Cause I feel like you've posted a video, no, like visiting, a like a hobby yeah. store that had like Gundams and all kinds of various things. Yeah. So there's, there's um there's one big hobby store here um there's some smaller resellers of, of kits but only one real hobby store um called uh, otaku me um and so the um the the owner uh, is, a, is a local guy called uh, case and he loves the whole um gundam you know cartoon hobby and that that's his big thing and so he kind of opened up this big store and it focuses <clears throat> heavily on the, the, the Gundam. Um, he's a big um, uh, supporter and, you know, he's, he's really passionate about that, but he's also extended the store to, to cater for like, you know, the, the military guys, the, the car guys, figurines, etc. Um, he's got a, a bunch of paints. And so like you walk into this place and, you know, it, it's not like your typical corner, you know, mum and pop hobby store. This is like a, it looks like a fully fledged, you know, built to suit, you know, hobby environment, right? They have Man. weekend um, racing of those, not the slot cars, but those little Tamiya. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. They have like the racetrack for that? Yeah, they got those like Tamiya. a racetrack and a national championship and they have events Man. and they'll change the configuration. Mm -hmm. uh, they got paints, they've got, They've got paint stations, man. So you can go in there and there's like, if you don't have an airbrush at home or don't have a place to build, yeah, uh, you can go there and use their airbrush in your area and rent the space. And or I, I don't have what I need. I just pop out into the store and get what I need. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so it's like, um, it's a proper, it's a proper setup. Um, and then up until COVID, they were also running a, a Middle East um, competition. Mm -hmm. So proper scale builders competition that fly over um, uh, guest judges, right? They'll have several categories, dioramas, planes, the military. 
several classes, the juniors. And that's actually, you know, I built my first diorama and they brought Ammo, you know, Miguel from Ammo Mig, they brought him over as the guest judge. Then he's uh, uh, the owner, right, of the company? He's the owner, correct. Crazy. And uh, I was like, oh, I don't know, like, who this guy is, right, at the start <laughs> of the show. I was like, oh, wow, yeah, Miguel, who's, Miguel. Who's dude? All right, cool, man. Like, <laughs> I'm Matthew. That's, you know, a nice to meet you sort of thing. I didn't get it, right? And then by the end, I'm, you know, Googling during the show. I'm like, oh, everything. I'm like, this is like full on um, weathering stuff. And I'm like, this is like a massive catalog of things, right? Mm. Um, and I actually ended up winning Best Diorama that show. And he came over to me. He's like, oh, look, it was it was good, but it wasn't great, right? There's there's a lot of things you should kind of fix on the composure and, and, and this and that. And um, I'm like, all right, no, that's good feedback. You know, this is the first diorama I've ever done. So, you know, I'll do it. He's like, hang on, he's kind of grabbing. He's like, this is the first diorama you've done? Yeah. He's like, oh, man, okay, let's have a chat. And he was with me for like 10, 15 minutes on, on what I should do to make dioramas better, right? Wow. Um, so, so Otaku's been great at, you know, creating that event uh, and creating that touch point for the builders out here that can be pretty isolated with some, some pretty big industry um, people, right? They bring people from Japan and, yeah, it's, it's been, Crazy. you know, they, they play a big part out here. Oh, man, that's, that's awesome, dude. I, I like that, that he has uh, the paint booth stations. Um, I remember I was talking to Cam. Uh, Kiwi Hobbies about that. I was telling him like, man, if I if I have a like a spot like a warehouse spot or something, I definitely want to do booths because I mean I I live in an apartment and in my apartment, you know I I know I could spray if I wanted to, but I really don't want to because my kids like you know all yeah. over all over the place. So I'm very limited to where I could spray. I mostly have everything set up in the garage, but I'm not constantly over there like painting. You know, I, as I wish I could. So I have to kind of limit my time like to when I can do it or not. But and and I know for sure there probably is a lot of people in that situation that live in an apartment with their family or or maybe they live in a single room apartment and there's no way that they could paint. But this was like a getaway too to get out of the house, be able to paint, you know, be in a shop, connect with other people as well. But Man, that's pretty dope. Do you know as far as like that store, how long it's been around? Uh, I think it's it started as so they're up to their their third location at the moment. It started as a very small store, and I think they started. I'm going to take a stab at it and say it was about 19 years ago. Wow! And they kind of moved to um, a much bigger store after that, and then they moved into like a, a mall. Not not a strip mall. It's like kind of a you know it's Dubai right so it's one of those um bigger malls mm -hmm. um and they've been there for a little while now Damn, so, so that's cool you're gonna you should send me their links later I don't know I'm very curious to see how it looks because um I mean it's I'm always fascinated by seeing stores like seeing the displays you know like sometimes when I jump on Twitter I'll come across people's posts of photos of like their mom and pop shops and all this stuff and it look, it just looks dope. Like you know, you you know for sure each shop has like some hidden gems. You know, there's some yeah. there's some cool stuff in there, uh, for sure. And is that place like pretty uh, far or close from you? Um, no, kind of 
everything from where I am is like everything and anything is about 30 minutes. So it's a, it's about 30 minutes. Um, Dubai is kind of long. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like you've got a big city center and then it kind of spreads out. It's a long strip along the coast and then I'm kind of slightly inland so I can get to everywhere. So 30 minutes from where I am. Oh, okay. Um, they've got a, um, they've got a, a pretty good website as well and, um, you can order from there. They'll deliver to your door from there. Um, they, they ship internationally across the Middle East as well. Um, mm. there's like reward points you can get and use those for credits and blah, blah. So it's a whole, um, it's a whole setup. It, it's pretty, it's pretty yeah. cool, right? If, if you didn't it's have good, otaku here, it would just, yeah, you would, you wouldn't have a lot, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy, man. It sounds inspiring, you know. I mean, I, I like I like hearing, you know, he, you know, he went from something small, and I mean, where it's at now is a lot, a lot of uh, a lot of passion, vision too, especially a lot of vision as to what what um you know he wanted to do. So props to him, man. That's that's awesome. You know, I was gonna mention. Um, have you ever heard, or I don't know, out, out there? Because I don't know. I'm, I really don't know how big Dubai is. You know, like. I, I really just feel like this world is really small when it comes to knowing people. But there is, um, uh, he used to be a model builder based out of out here in California. And um, this and this person was like a pioneer of model building in the 90s with uh, with like the, the bed dancers, the hoppers at that time and featured in Lawyer Magazine, uh, Bicycle Magazine. They even did like a VHS tape at that time. And um, I had him on the podcast, like in the earlier episodes, um, and everyone knows him out, out here as Bear Garcia. And he um, he he's out when I was interviewing, he, he was out in Dubai. Um, have you ever met him or do you know any? Yeah. Yeah. So actually it was so I knew him from TV, right? Watching. The oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was on TV, too. Yeah. Um, so I knew he had a workshop around here and. Um, but I'd never gone down there. And then I went to um, I went to a friend's place. Um, and he's he's actually from he's from the US LA or, or, or California, I can't recall. Um, Taz Rock is his kind of um, Instagram account and he's a graffiti artist and he does some real amazing, you know, stuff kind of um, Portraits, uh, the whole lowriders, and you know Tazrock T A Z R O C. And he said, "Why don't you come over to um to Graffiti Mansion?" I'm like, "What's uh, what's Graffiti Mansion?" He said, "Just look it up on Google." All right. So so he said, "Look, we'll we'll have a get together on whatever Friday night." And so I Google it, and yeah, man, there's like a place in one of the suburbs that's got a pin as Graffiti Mansion. So I go in there. Um, and it's like a, a villa, um, with a big yard and we've all got kind of tall concrete walls around the perimeter and on the inside, there's all these, um, you know, uh, spray can murals and art and they had a few people doing some there and he said, look, bring some of your builds down. So I took my, um, uh, my bubble top Impala lowrider that, that's got some kind of gold flake on it and, um, uh, gold leaf and, and stuff like that. And I took my, my bomb. And when I was down there, Bear Garcia was there as well. So he's like, oh man, like, 
tell me about the build and tell me about this and how'd you get the foil on and this and that. And then he started to say, oh, I used to do this and I used to do that. And I'm like, really? He goes, yeah, you know. And, and actually he goes, um, yeah, I even got interviewed by, you know, the guys on Scale Riders. And I'm like, yeah, I know Scale Riders, man. Like, <laughs> so so all, all of a sudden, like, the world just got real small. Yeah, um, yeah, that's crazy. That's dope. Yeah. So, uh, so, so yeah, man, I met him and we had, we had a couple of hours chatting about models and, um, it was good to hear some of the history from him, you know, some of the old mm -hmm. school dates. And I think for him, it would have been like, a interesting to see, all right, there's a, there's a next generation who's doing a new generation of model building as well. So yeah. things are continuing just in a different way. So I, I thought that was really cool. Yeah, it's awesome because yeah, I mean, I, I've you know I've seen him in some of the lawyer bicycle magazines, like some of the the features he was in there. But then also, it's like um, he I don't know, it's a crazy like I always have this conversation with a friend that lives out here, and he he always like every time we talk, he always says, "Have you found the tape? Have you found the tape?" I'm like, "What tape?" He's like, "The Bear Garcia tape, the VHS." He's like, "I know for sure somebody has it in their attic in their closet, like." Someone that moved out of their house at their mom's her mom's house still has that tape yeah, somewhere. Yeah. And and I asked them, I even asked Bear Garcia, I was like, do you have that tape? And he was like, nah, like he just doesn't even have a copy. So it's like uh it's almost like a like a relic. Like if you find that, it's like a holy grail. Like if somebody finds it, definitely digitize it like so yeah. everybody can see. Because I guess it's like a tutorial uh, video from from what I was taking, you know, from it. And, you know, I've I've had conversations with Jeffries as well. And I mean, he's told me he's he saw the tape back then and he can't find it either. He's been trying. And I mean, I, I, I believe he's been inspired by him, too, from that time, because he, he was definitely one of those early on uh, people. He, I mean, he's he's. He's, you know, around the era when like Armando Flores, you know, Gary Seeds and all these guys, um, um, David Anthony Garcia were like doing all these, like making a lot of noise out here in California, you know, so um, it, it's just, it's a trip, man. I, you know, and I, I know later he was like uh, on different like shows, but, you know, he's out there, you know, the, in the same area where you're at. So that's really fascinating. And I mean, you know, I where you're at, you know, I see there there's a big like love and fascination for cars. Like it, it it's crazy that you that you see all these like classic cars and, and different styles too. You know, like for you, like what are your favorite cars? Um so uh, look, I love I love muscle cars, right? So, so late sixties, early seventies. I've always loved those. Um, my first love was a fifty-seven show. I, I was just like consumed with that body style, and, and the first car I bought, which is, is a fifty-seven Chrysler, is like a big black four-door with fins because I couldn't afford a fifty-seven Chevy, um, but I, I could afford one of those. So, so I love my fifties and and the muscle cars. Um, but then, probably the last. I guess four or five years. Um, I've probably I see myself liking, you know, some of the older stuff as well. So I've got that forty-eight pickup. Um, I love the bomb style, so that's gonna, you know, that that's getting bombed out. Um, and then even older, right? So I've been looking recently, at like nineteen thirties, nineteen twenties options. 
not saying I'm going to buy another car just in case my wife watches this, you know, but <laughs> whatever I'm looking at, uh, I'm looking at it. But I love V8s. Um, I love going fast, um, but I don't have to be the fastest, right? So, uh, and the beauty of like the, the 60s, 70s muscle cars is it's kind of very raw, right? So you're driving the car and you feel every shift, you hear every noise, the the engine, you know, you feel that, that rumble. And even like the the my daily car for like fourteen years, thirteen years was like a two thousand seven Mustang, but it was like no options, manual transmission. It was nitrous for a few years, and now it's twin turbo. Um, so even with like the daily newer car, it was always like a raw kind of shift and um, just you with the engine and trying to make it behave. But I'll, I'll take them drifting. Um, I'll take them on the track. I had my Shelby Cobra on the um, on the track a couple of years ago and throwing it around trying to kind of make it go straight. Those things don't like going straight. Um, but uh, but yeah, like I love the V8s, right? Um, uh, and then I've got a few of you know Australian cars as well, um, and, and it's the same sort of deal. It's like 60s, 70s two door muscle cars. Um, most of them are V8s. There's one that I'm you know, the biggest one is like a 514 Pemi with an 871 blower. Um, so that's pretty big. But then one of them is also one of those Australian Barra inline sixes, right? That's got a turbo and a Haltech and, and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, like if you look at my garage, man, it's like a, there's a lot of different stuff, a lot of different stuff. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask, like, how many cars do you own? <laughs> <laughs> So usually my answer is is like a very safe answer. I say I've only got one fleet, <laughs> but um, <laughs> but right now we're up to about seventeen. Oh wow, dang, that's dope. Yeah, that's seventeen true. across three countries. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow, and and the ones that are like in the in other countries, do you miss those cars too? Yeah, I I so. I, I fly over to Cyprus where, where my mum lives these days. Um, I'm Cypriot Heritage. Um, so I fly over there maybe three times a year, four times a year with my eldest son. We'll do like a boys trip. And I've got two of them there. So one is a is a is a sixty nine Holden Monaro. So I'll I'll cruise that around while I'm there as just my transport. Mm. And then I've got another one that's like a year later, a seventy Monaro, um, that that's kind of I'll I'll work on while I'm there. So even mm -hmm. when I'm on holiday, I'm kind of working on it. Um, and then the ones in Australia, uh, they're kind of with a guy who has been working on them for the last 20 something years. So he usually keeps me updated with, well, he's pretty bad at sending me update photos, but every now and again, he'll send an update photo on. All right. I'm, I'm yeah, kind yeah. of close to it again. I feel like, okay. Yeah. Dang, that's great. And then all the ones well that you have here where you're at in Dubai, those are the ones that you get to the, the play with pretty probably every weekend or something, huh? Pretty often. Yeah, like I'm always trying to do um I try and get to the garage and do something. It used to be every day, but I can't do it every day these days. But like a couple of days a week I'll I'll go there. I'll, I'll uh, I've been restoring a 67 Mustang for, for my wife. So I took it down to a bare shell and we went from like green and beige interior to, you know, the candy apple red with the black interior. Um, and it's all mechanically new and disc brakes and vintage aircon. Um, 
coilovers, so it looks classic, um, but it's it's kind of all upgraded. Went from a six cylinder to a two eighty nine. I built for it. Um, so so I'm just trying to kind of put the finishing touches on that one and mm-hmm. hand it the keys, right? So um, yeah, yeah. There's always something, yeah, for sure. No, that's cool. And I, I also wanted to bring up uh, you're doing uh, a, like a build with Casey. I know you guys are uh, you guys are doing the uh, the cyber uh, rotaries. Yeah. So tell, tell us about that. How's everything? You know, with your car, with your your concept, like all the design stuff. How's it been? Like just you know, creating all these inspirations on that. So so it's it's funny. Like we were just having a. Uh, so, so Casey's a great guy, by the way. He he's awesome, um, and um, almost every day or every few days, we'll be kind of we'll send each other a photo of a build we've seen and and have a joke and just kind of it's a very Australian thing to tease each other, right? So we'll kind of take the Mickey out of each other on, on and and then I was just saying like um, uh, I've been kind of in a building right lately, and he's like, yeah, you know, I've been thinking about this and that and. He was talking about a cyber build, and I sent him a. I googled a few pictures, and I sent one to him. And he's like, "Yeah, you know, we should, I, I've got an RX-7 I could do like that." And I'm like, "Oh, so why? Let me. Why, why don't we do something together, right? Just a mate, a, a friendly build." So that's what we've been doing, just to kind of have fun. And for me, it's, you know, it's a very. I don't normally design like stuff like that, right? The sci-fi and. Mm-hmm. modern and futuristic sort of stuff um so so i've been working you know doing a bit of research and doing a few designs and trying not to replicate things i've been trying to uh, be creative and do my own wheel designs and, and the way they go together so it's coming along um so so it, it's it's starting to take shape um did like a body kit for it and like a three-piece hood and you know i've got some futuristic wheels and then some tire protectors and i did like a tire a stretch tire for it um uh so so it's, i've got some ideas and, and exhaust coming up through the the back panel almost like a lambo style uh shape um and then i started halfway through this build um i got I just saw on on Instagram like a um an online automotive design page like contest they do a monthly contest and I thought um like let me give give that a try um and what they do is they've got like this randomized generator of themes and then you vote right and it was like um uh, and it's real random so it was like a, a futuristic vehicle got to be autonomous. And it's got to be inspired by an A110 Thunderbolt 2 fighter jet, right? Very random. So I kind of designed a way and um, I designed like a, sorry, it was a delivery van. It was a cargo van, autonomous and, and the jet. Um, and um, one of the things that I did for it was like a little drone. And so um, I printed the drone and, you know, that'll be part of this build somehow as well. So just kind of a few things coming together. So it's it's gone cool and I've got two ideas for a paint job that are complete opposites and I've just got to work out which one I want to do. So it's gone all right. 
Yeah, no, it looks awesome. Yeah, I, I did see that video you posted on your Instagram when you were drawing that drone. And I just like how all of a sudden in the video, it's like you grab it, like it's like it's yeah. down here. I was like, wow, that looks tight. Man, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, I, I've never seen a, a design like that, like a drone, uh, like the one you did, you know. Yeah, there, there, that's a fun thing. Like, I feel like, you know, you doing, you know, even a, a project of a collab, let's say, or not a collab, but more like participation with you and Casey, you know, going back and forth on ideas. That's that's like another way to to push each other, you know, to to like that next level, just to think outside of the box. And, um, you know, like you said, you didn't want to repeat anything. So it's like something very different. And I'm sure, you know, all those things are going to help for another build down the road. Yeah, definitely. And, and you know, like Casey's a pretty imaginative person, right? And, you know, yeah. you can see some of his inspirations come from like Japan and, and comics and, mm -hmm. um, you know, real, you know, different places as well. So I think, um, you know, when, when he gets in the mood to design, he comes up with some pretty, pretty cool stuff, right? Um, and I think this is stuff that helps to fuel the hobby as well, right? That, like you said, you get on Instagram in the morning and you see something that's just new and different, right? It's, mm -hmm. This is how they kind of culminate and, you know, enrich. Yeah. And those cases right behind in the corner, is that where you display your finished uh, models? Yeah. They're, they're like shoe boxes, okay. um, stackable clear shoe boxes. Um, so I've got a bank there and a bank behind my head. Um, yeah. But but I'm I'm really bad in the sense that um, I'll, I'll finish something, I'll stick it in there, and then I'll be building, and then I'll just kind of I'll look up and say, you know, that finished build actually I didn't like this part about it, and I'll I'll take it back out of the cabinet, and mm -hmm. I've got like a separate shelf which is like rework. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so, so they don't stay full for long. I think um, there's only a few builds that I've said, you know, that's I'm happy with that. I'm not touching it. One of them, you know, I put as the um, the logo for now of um, mm -hmm. uh, the truck. Yeah. One is um, the uh, the drag build that I did with the Chevy. That's like the first time I tried to take. 124 as far as i could as you know in detail and and you know how intricate i could be with 3d printing mm -hmm. uh, but but there's only like a handful right the rest go to rework and yeah. just, that's cool I need to get into my stash i've got like you know over 100 in the stash that i've got to find my way through it like <laughs> i said i um even when i take a box out i'm only using like 10 percent of the kit so yeah <laughs> no, man. bad habits yeah yeah it's cool though you know it's cool to have the, the stash are, are you uh ordering like stuff from like japan or the u.s or you know how is it hard for you to get kits like car kits in your area yeah it is um so i, I before COVID, i was traveling a lot for work um and so i'd be like in texas three times a year four times a year Oh, nice. So I'd go and do kind of a, um, I'd get car parts, but then I'd also get some scale models. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I'd go into like the hobby lobbies, um, get like five kits, break everything off the sprue, put them in like a, a zip lock bag and flatten the box so I could get more kits into my luggage. Yeah. And then <laughs> here. 
Um, but because shipping was pretty expensive, I won't be one of those people who like buys one kit on eBay, right? So mm-hmm. a few times there'll be someone who's selling like 20, 30 kits and I'll make an offer for all of them, ship it all in one go and they yeah. just chip away, right? That's mm-hmm. um, more worth it that way. Yeah. Um, I think recently there's some really good resin bodies. Um, so I put in an order with Flashpoint Resin. Um, he's sending over some stuff. So I'll, I'll pick and choose specifics. I also know nice. that I don't get through builds very often, right? So mm-hmm. I don't want to super hoard. Yeah. Because uh, I have a new house like every couple of years. So I don't want to keep packing stuff and. Oh, whatever. yeah. Yeah. That's the thing, man. I, I um, as soon as I start setting up my bench and I'm happy with the way it is and the workflow, I'm always thinking in the back of my mind, man. At some point, I'm gonna have to put all this stuff away because we're gonna like move or, or something's gonna happen, you know. And, yeah, yeah. But for now, I, I mean, I, I do enjoy just having like everything set up, you know. But I do think about that, like, dang, I gotta get little boxes for all this stuff. <laughs> so, yeah, it can yeah, be very, yeah. very tedious. What, what uh, what area of Texas do you visit? When you come, uh, so so uh, Plano is where kind of the head office is, um, and so you know Plano, Dallas, um, Fort Worth. I'll kind of knock around there. Mm. Um, I'll sometimes fly down to Houston as well, um, but I'll try and do the weekends in um, uh, in and around Dallas because I can then get around to like a few car shows, right? So yeah. we like starve for car shows out here as well, so. I'll be able to like do a few car shows and and the odd swap meet um, uh, in like one weekend there, mm-hmm. which is awesome. And you know the last the last time I was there pre COVID, I managed to get to my first lowrider show, right? And um, um, I didn't know kind of what to expect, right? So mm-hmm. so I was excited to go there and see the cars. And as I'm walking in, man. You can tell I'm a gringo, like I just look different, right? And I'm walking in and having a look and you know and it's fair play, man. Like everyone I talked to was 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 super nice. Um yeah, and then there was the um um the Good Times Car Club. The the, the president there who's got this beautiful sixty three um in parliament, like it's awesome by any standard. Um he kind of invited me over and sat me down gave me a beer with like the group and you know we were having a chat and you know we ate together and yeah it was it was really cool man and a lot of the things i take away from my trips to the us is you know how how kind of nice people are and you know especially when you're in the same sort of hobby and group Mm. there's always going to be exceptions but you know my experiences have all been positive right um which is really cool um and so, like, even Thailand, if I fly over to Thailand, I know in Bangkok, down this, you know, corner of a the street, there's, like, a guy who's got all these old, old-school kits. So I'll go in there and, you know, get my little stash. But what's funny about that is I'll get, like, four or five kits, put them in a big plastic bag, but to get back to the train station, I have to go on one of those motorbike taxis. Mm. So I'm, like, holding onto a guy with one hand and holding a bag of kids above my head as we're kind of going through traffic. Oh, <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah. Whatever it takes, man. Whatever it takes. Yeah, yeah. No, that's awesome, dude. I'm already, like, visualizing that right there, you know? Yeah, you know, um, 
uh, like Detail Junkie, Skeleton, like all those guys are out in Texas. But, you know, Texas is huge. You know, they're I don't yeah. know how far, you know, they would be. But it would be awesome if, if maybe they got to meet you. All the other guys that are out there um, would be pretty cool. But do you ever have you ever been out to California? No, man, I've got to I've got to do it. My, my wife has a lot of family out there mm -hmm. uh, and we were going to come the year of COVID. And then obviously we canceled it. Yeah. Um, so so now that things are settling where we're still planning to get there maybe next year. Um, so so the plan is to, to get out to California, spend two, three weeks um, over there. Obviously, even the one to one car scene in, in SoCal is is massive. Right. So yeah. I want to make sure I spend some time there and try and get out, see some of the scale models, see some of you guys. Um, even I think the first. I think the last trip I was going to do, I was starting to talk to people on Instagram based in Texas. And um, Bullet 187 was doing that Deep Ellen um, show. Oh, yeah. Kind of and those were the dates that I was going to be there. I'm like, fine, tickets booked, I'm going. And then the the universe said, no, nah, no, nah, man, we're, we're all locking down for, for a while. So Damn, yeah. I, I still got to get there. Yeah, it'll end up happening. Man, that will be dope if you connect with Bullet 187. I mean, he's always, like, doing some very creative stuff, too. And a lot of scratch building, too, that I'm like, damn, that's, like, pretty awesome of him. And um, I, I've seen him, I mean, uh, when, he, when he's been out to California. So he's he's been out here for, for some shows. Um, I think he's been out, I don't know if it's two or three times, uh, but I've seen him out here, so... That's, awesome. That's pretty neat. But yeah, there's there's definitely a lot of cars. Have you ever been out uh, to Japan? No, I haven't. No, yeah. that's uh that's a must do, man. One one on the list right there. Yeah. I mean, I'm hoping I can go next year. That's that's where I'm hoping. Um I I really would want to go. I feel like it's been so many years uh since the last time, you know, I've been there. I definitely want to go, but if I do, you know, most likely bring the family as well. Awesome. Um, I don't know. I just feel like at this point, you know, I, I know I, I feel very um, I, I'd be homesick, probably just missing my family, you know. So I just be like, we all got to go together, you know. Yeah. Now, that's nice, man. That's awesome. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll see what's up. I, I know they have that big show at, like in May out in Japan. And yeah, and that that's one. It's like a big a big modeling show. I can't remember the name right now, but um, I'll I'll have to DM it to you. Just, yeah, just yeah. like check it out because I've seen uh, footage or just pictures from previous years. It's pretty much, I would say, like it's one of those trade shows where a lot of yeah. companies are just introducing like the new kits for the year or what's going to come next year. So, yeah, I've seen really cool. actually that 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 model store here, that otaku. I think a couple of years ago they were over there and they they were doing like daily posts um i think that's the one um yeah, yeah that's the same one man that that was huge that was that was a really yeah it looks like a, a big show like uh for sure there's a guy who i've been chatting with on uh, twitter he's not on instagram or facebook nothing he's just strictly twitter and he's from japan and um i've been chatting with them and i asked him like what's up with that show and he says he, he's there every year he's like i pretty much live in the same town like where they host it it's not too far from from where I live and I guess he's part of a club that hosts like the uh like aside from the trade show there's a section where modelers display their model cars yeah 
and and he's he's part of that. I guess people have their own tables, but he he says he's part of a club where they display stuff. So um, I've been chopping it up with him, and I've been telling him like you know I'm hoping to uh, to make it out there um, next year. So ho- hopefully I'll get to meet him and and you know just hang out. And he was like telling me, dude, if you come out, bring bring your models. We'll we'll set them up right here. You know to display. That's awesome. Them. That would be crazy if that would happen. But he also did mention that uh, the uh, the the Aoshima facility is also in that same city, and I'm like, what well, for real? So then I started, you know, Google Maps checking it, and, and it is. It's all it's all close by, and I was like, damn, yeah. that's crazy. It's not that's, too far. So that's, that's another that's, place I, I would love to like visit as well. Um, you know, the the Aoshima, um, like either the I don't know the warehouse offices. I don't know. Just to say what's up, you know. No, absolutely, man. It'd be cool to just kind of walk into these places and see how do they, how they set up, how do they think, um, you know. And usually, like those big corporate offices, have their history kind of in reception there as well. So you kind of mm-hmm. see, you know, usually those stories. I don't know their story, but there's probably some guy who loved models and built stuff at home when he was a kid and decided to make it right industry. back in the day. Not a big empire, like. Yeah, yeah. Or something, right? <laughs> yeah, dude, it's it's crazy. And as far as like the like the, the JDM builds, um, you know, I, I feel like you you build a little bit of everything, including the JDM. You know, uh, what what's your your like your take on like JDM stuff, like on the builds? Mm. So, uh, yeah, it could be. I think one of the first JDMs I did was actually like a. A lowrider. Yeah, let me. Uh, um, I'll pull it up. And um, uh, I just, I mean, they, they're, they're. I love the cool style, like the big open window. You could kind of put some detail into the interior, and you know, it would it would come out nice. Um, but man, I'm doing a um, I'm doing a JDM drag car. Um, I've got obviously the cyber build, so like it's. Let me just have a quick look. Um, yeah, wide body. And like a, yeah, yeah like a rusted out, you know, streetcar. Um, so, yeah, cool. Yeah, I guess like, this is the thing, like I've got a few builds on the go and um, I don't know, like an inspiration will, will, will strike, right? And um, mm-hmm. So, so I designed, I 3D designed like a, um, uh, an Australian engine. Um, it's like a six cylinder turbo, uh, that is like, it's like a cult classic in Australia. Like everyone knows this motor. Um, and it was in like the Holdens, but it was actually a Nissan engine. So Nissan and Holden in the day did like a partnership. So I designed one of those. Um, and then I went into my stash and found like a, a, a Nissan. I don't know what it is, man. It's like an old square body missing from the 80s and I just stuck it in and put some big tires on it and, all right, this is like a, a grandma's car that's been purchased by a younger guy and, <laughs> and popped it up and I made like a, a, a lawn bowls hat and a lawn bowls bag and tissue box on the back parcel shelf and pretty random, right? But, you know, where when that kind of theme hits, you, you'll go to it. Um, but yeah, I, I want to I want to kind of do a really nice drag car 
JDM build. Um, mm. uh, that, that's probably the next JDM I'll do. Yeah, no, that's cool, man. Well, dude, it, it was a it was a pleasure uh, talking to you, Maddie. Um, I, I really uh, enjoyed everything you know you brought up. There's so so many different points, and I'm just always looking forward to like what else you're gonna be uh, bringing out. No, thank you, man. Thanks for having me on. Um, I appreciate like the, the the support and you know what you do for the hobby, huh? No, so, thanks, uh, man. No, this is uh, th this is what kind of this is like the secret source of of how we bring the hobby together and and you know yeah. make it something special. So, so thanks for having me. Um, yeah, any shout outs you want you want to give out? Man, like there are a lot of shout outs. Um, long list, <laughs> long long list, right? But I think. <laughs> You know, I think I'll wrap it up in like, you know, anyone who's kind of, you know, doing what they can for the hobby and, and making it something bigger and better and bringing that enjoyment to the hobby, you know, like that's the shout out to those people, right? The people who are, you know, going to the bench and doing something new and sharing it and, you know, helping others, you know, the, the shout outs to, to those, the shout outs not to people who kind of rivet count and call out flaws in people's builds and you know right your color tones off and blah, you know the shout outs not for those guys right this is like <laughs> a hobby fun and enjoyment mm. and support and you know that that's where the shout out goes definitely nah man well thank you for for you guys that are uh, listening to the podcast make sure to uh i'm gonna put his link on the description and everything but uh, for those who are listening uh check him out on instagram it's maddie's underscore custom underscore scale so make sure you check out his work uh right there and this was uh scale writers podcast number 182 thank you maddie i hope uh, you enjoy the rest of your day out there in dubai uh, keep us posted and uh, we'll stay in contact awesome man you take care thank you yeah you too take care peace out cheers bye bye